Hi, everyone. Welcome to Barefoot with Spirit podcast show. I'm your host, Leanne, the Barefoot Medium, and I'm incredibly excited to connect with you and to be able to bring through channeled information from Spirit, Source, the Divine, to inspire you to transform your experience, consciously manifest your desires and connect with your intuition and spirit. Now, before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our lands on which I stand and which my guest stands and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And I extend that to all Indigenous and First Nations people around the world. So kick off your shoes, take a really deep breath into your heart space as my beautiful guest and I, Justine Dean, and I drop you into talking about releasing past trauma, which, you know, I say drop you into because it really is a drop in and then a bring up, right? Mm -hmm. So welcome, Justine. Hi, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Now, can you just introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about what you do? I am a coach and mentor and I work with people to release their trauma. <laughs> but um, I coach people who want to change their lives and who've noticed there's patterns in their lives and quite often their trauma patterns. Uh, and we release all of the old stuff, reprogram the subconscious mind. I know it sounds all coachy, but that, that coach speak is exactly what we do. I think it's just a language that... We're not used to hearing. So basically, um, we have a look at your life, what, what isn't working for you, and figure out a way to take action to change that. That's what transformation is all about, right? Yeah, exactly. Taking one thing that's generally not working, mm. not supporting you and not uplifting you and not motivating you or inspiring you and transforming it into something that is Thank you so much for, for joining me. And one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you back on the show and talk about this topic is that I know collectively and universally and worldwide we're going through, lots of people are going through trauma mm. in various ways and how that manifests for, for each individual will be different. So what I felt was let's actually talk about what it is, how mm -hmm. it might present itself, and then how we can really empower ourselves to start taking some of those actions to transform what might be there. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. What, what okay. I'd love you to start <laughs> with, tell me what is trauma? My research, I really believe that trauma is a chemical a chemical reaction in the body so it's a chemical memory of something that happened in the past that's why we in real time right now will be what's called triggered by seeing someone who was the perpetuator of the trauma or driving through the same area where we may have had an accident or seeing something on television so it triggers um, an emotional response in us and that could be quite severe physical like uh, nausea, vomiting, uh, body shakes, panic attacks, fear. We may be cruising along just fine and then we hear somebody to say something and we have the thought 
and the thought triggers the brain spitting out the same chemical cocktail that was spat out when the original trauma happened. So trauma could be sexual, psychological or physical abuse, being witness to it or subject to it. Um, and it could be quite severe or it could be something that uh, other people might deem not so severe, but you still make the same decisions about yourself and the world around you, particularly about not being safe, not being able to trust yourself or other people, particularly you know, primary caregivers or um, just, just friends or anything. So it could be feeling unsafe in the traffic. It could be feeling unsafe in the dark. I've had clients who won't sleep with the door uh, closed in their bedroom. Like trauma comes from a lot of different places and it's something that's happened to us or that we've witnessed. I think that's really important to recognise that, you know, trauma doesn't have to be this extreme thing that we often associate with it, right? Mm. And, you know, it, what what is some one person's trauma may be massive for them but it may be something that's perceived as quite small for someone else right and so you know there's no judgment of how you know good or bad one you know one's trauma is right you know what, though, we actually judge it for ourselves. So I've had a lot, lot of clients share something with me and say, and I'm like, that's big. And they're like, oh, no, but I know people who are worse off. You know, they either believe their trauma is too big to share because they don't want to upset other people or they believe their trauma isn't enough and so they don't deserve support because somebody else is worse off than them. And that's social conditioning as well as, us deciding based on our level of self-esteem what you know how bad our trauma is and that comes from our lived experiences in life right mm. and so you know you mentioned abuse as part of what could be experienced as trauma you know things like the breakdown of a relationship can be very traumatic huge um, huge the passing you think of a loved one is traumatic. yes you know and I deal with clients every day that and I just had one earlier that was, you know, a traumatic passing and the questions of the why and the needing to understand things are often there. Be simply a trauma of, you know, and I say simply and I want to remove that word, is a trauma around bullying. Oh, exactly. Yeah, because I think the other thing, and this is sort of, the bit that fascinates me is the mindset that you have prior to the trauma significantly impacts how you deal with the trauma and what you make it mean and how you perceive your future after that. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And, and, and what's kind of coming in amongst it is, like I said, we're all globally and universally in a, in a traumatic experience for people, right? Mm, mm. And, you know, a, jo a job loss business loss, financial loss, health loss. Yep. You know. Um, even even being, um, you know, isolated in a home. So that stops, no matter your mindset, that stops your routine, which is, you know, what, what we need. It also stops connection as well. And I've got, I've been running some free Zooms in one of my groups for people, for everyone, but inviting mainly those that are locked, locked up 
because they're not seeing people's faces so they their subconscious mind isn't reading this the the facial expressions you know you talk to someone like this it's it's creating a lot of trauma and fear as well fear is a lot yeah and, and fear in in and of itself is mm. traumatic yeah any any experience situation relationship or thing that creates fear and a fear response in your body and that's what trauma trauma is is a fear mm. response right because we we trigger like you talked about our physiological and and biological you know molecular kind of cell memories of there's fear here I need to keep myself safe the trigger is often something that goes oh I need to, to, you know, fight or flight, that kind of response that we can have. And it's often our physical body that, that first reacts, isn't it? 100%. Because we have, we see something, we hear something, uh, and it could be a sound or somebody talking about, you know, so-and-so said something about you. And if that person is the perpetrator of your abuse or was involved in something, your, your brain starts to remember that so thoughts create feelings. You think about the thing, so you remember it, and your brain goes, oh, crap, and spits out this, that chemical cocktail of this is bad, danger, Will Robinson. So you have this incredible physical response. And if you're not used to um, self-soothing and also reframing what's happened in happening in the moment, it will snowball. And so that that fear response, you're like, oh my God, my heart's beating. Here we go again. Like all that self-talk. Here we go again. What's going to happen now? I'm going to have a bad day. This is terrible. And you start to completely replay in the back of your mind this script that just makes you feel worse and worse. And it kind of related to it and in, in amongst it, I want to throw in amongst the mix because this, this popped up this morning for me, which is really interesting given that you and I are talking about it today. You know, it's that spiritual trauma. Mm. And what was really interesting is I came across two posts on social media where there had been what I would what I refer to as spiritual fuckery. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right? Here's my friend. And what I saw in amongst this this public post was two people that are have quite a large community following them one of which um, shared their personal beliefs around whether to wear a mask or not wear a mask right mm-hmm. and there's all of that stuff going on I, mm-hmm. um, you know whatever is your truth sit with that that's fine yeah. you know I'm not going to judge that where it really irks me is when people who are in a position of leadership, whether they choose it or not, project their views and their truth on other people as being the only right choice. Mm. And there that does is a lot of damage. A person. It does. And there was a, a person who was who commented and asked a question about, well, you know, do you genuinely have an ex- a reason for an exemption or is that just something you're saying? 
to get out of wearing a mask. Mm. And, and this person blocked her and then told her that it was her trigger. And then when I was reading through the feed, there was a couple of other comments going, oh, if you've been triggered by this, that's your issue. Uh, that in of, of itself from a spiritual perspective creates trauma for people. Yeah. That um, is unnecessary. This is what worries me is that, there's a lot of coaches and, and people out there professing to be trauma-informed. However, the, the way that they speak tr- is triggering. Is traumatic. Is traumatic. Like I warn people when I very first – so I one of the other things that I do is that I teach people about personality types, love languages, connection, communication. That's my jam. That's my passion. At, at the beginning – I always say, you know, I tell them a little bit about myself and I say everything that I'm going to say today is not the truth. And you get a few funny looks. I'm like, it's my truth, though. It's my I'm going to share my lived experiences. And this is what I've experienced. So it's my truth, not yours. And I encourage you to go and do your own research. Yeah, and um, I think that's where from like, so I wanted to kind of bring that spiritual trauma into the space because it's real. You and I have both witnessed that from a professional perspective. Big time. And, and, you know, sometimes there is stuff there there for people to look at. And as Mm. transformational coaches, that's part of sometimes what we do is hold space for that. Yeah, and and I love that. Actually, that brings me to a point. Um, a great quote, don't remember who said it, but it's brilliant. Your triggers have something to teach you. So, and you would know this too, if a client is constantly being triggered about a trauma, your, your triggers are there to say, hey, what happened to you is awful and it wasn't fair, but let's deal with it. So you don't have to feel like this every couple of months. Like I think a lot of people, and I did it in the beginning, run from their trauma. And have you found this? It fascinates me that there is a perception that because the trauma, and it's all relatives, as we said, because the trauma was so big and so heavy and so fucking terrifying and and awful, there's a perception that the healing must be as painful, if not more. And when when people eventually choose to do the work and they work through and they're like, and the main comment I get is, oh, my God, I wish I had done this 10 years ago. Because we've got to find another word than work. Because it's like, if you do the work, you'll feel better. It kind of is work, but not in the way that people think it's work. Yeah. And and I love that because, you know, I think sometimes, and, and, and I want to pick up on a little bit of the language communication is really powerful, right? And often people go, my trauma. Mm the trauma and that that actually allows you to own it and embrace it and and make it part of who you are mm. not what you've experienced there's a there's a difference yeah so does that make sense it does my brain's doing somersaults at the moment so we experience trauma so, we are so not trauma Exactly. We're not our trauma. So something happened to us, but it doesn't define us and we get to release it. Absolutely. But, and I think a lot of people 
you know, just picking up on the it's so big that I have to hold it here yeah. and I have to own it and I have to embrace it and I have to be with it and I have mm. to I have to be it. That's where I think and oh sorry, go on. Just as simple as going, actually I can make a choice to go, this is what I experienced and here's how I'm healing from that experience. That's really about being at cause. I'm really big on cause and effect. So I was talking to um, an incredible colleague of mine uh, yesterday about cause and effect because she was saying that uh, she's a, a childhood sexual abuse specialist. And she said, you know, there's some survivors who are in effect where this happened to me and this is why you need to excuse my behavior and this is why I need to stay small and frightened and there's others who say this happened to me and it was bloody horrible but how can I take responsibility for releasing it and living my life fully and it's it's very interesting um we get to release it but some but I don't know if I don't know where it comes from, but there's a belief that we have to own it and hang on to it. And that that's where I think I was I was going. Yeah. We have to own it, embrace it, and be it, and bring it into our experience and live it because we're not ready, and it's okay to not be ready. Yeah. To release it and let it go. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I love this. So. Um, uh, I've, you probably have had some people approach you and want to do the work, but then you realise when you initially talk to them, they're not ready. And so it would do more damage to them to try and start working with them. And I'd probably turn away more people than I'd take on, but I might take them on 12 months down the track where they'll ring up and go, oh, I get it. I would have fought you the whole way. And um, I've spoken to a couple of those people and they not being ready is more who am I if I let this go? How do I let it go? Who am, how am I going to live my life? Because there's secondary gain to, to not healing and not and for I, everyone. And I love that because you just, I want to pick that up. What, how is the holding on to the trauma serving you? How is it supporting you? How is it um, allowing you to, to feel safe in that because there is an aspect of safe in holding on to it. Well, you think about it. If somebody, and, and this is, I'll, I'll preclude this with trauma's trauma and it's horrible. And it's, I've got to find the right words. Secondary gain is when somebody benefits from holding on to the stuff. And not letting it go so examples of that might be you don't have to try so hard in your job or you can you can use it as an excuse for poor behavior or you can blame it you can blame the thing for all the other terrible decisions that you've made in your life but the thing is you're and and I used to I I got really stroppy with my very first coach when he said, you're creating this. And I was like, wait, nobody deserves what's happened to me. And then, then he said, why did you come to me? And he I said, deserve. Cause that's yeah, a yeah, huge yeah. word. Yeah. Big time. And, and he said, why did you come to me? And I'm going back 20 years. And I said, 
oh, he said, what was the first thing you said to me? And I went, I'm the common denominator <laughs> in all the shit that was happening. And it is, it's about, you know, yes, this thing, this experience, this event, this situation or relationship or whatever it might be is something that was a traumatic experience for you. How is it that you can take responsibility for your healing? Mm. That's really big because so when the thing happens, depending on the age that we are, we instantly adapt coping mechanisms that are not, that are, that are unhealthy and can be quite toxic. So that could be lying. Kids will lie. Kids will manipulate. Kids will people please. Young, young men and women who have trauma in their teens will do whatever they need, as you said earlier, to be safe. And at the time when the thing happens, we are not, we, we're operating from our, the age, so the, uh, the age that we are, which means that we don't have the emotional maturity to assess the situation properly or, or the time, because this is instinct that kicks in, we don't have the time to go, right, is this a healthy way of dealing with this? And quite often we don't talk to people about it or if we do share, they're not equipped to help us with it. So we adapt these really unhealthy coping mechanisms. And as I said, that could be lying. It could be becoming seductive. It could be uh, being a people pleaser. It could be saying no to everything. So whatever the thing is, we might adapt up to half a dozen unhealthy coping mechanisms. So when we become an adult and we're sick of it and we're ready to deal with it, quite often there's a lot of fear around letting go of those toxic coping mechanisms because we don't know who to be on the other side of that. And I think that's where that double part of the fear comes in, right? Because it's actually I'm safe here. Mm. I know what this looks like, sounds like, and feels like. Yep. I let this go. I don't know what this looks like, sounds like, and feels like for me in my yeah. life. Yeah, we fantasise about what we don't want in our life. But we and we we are afraid to create it because we don't know how, and that's why facilitated support is so important. And the other thing that's really important is we get to be who we needed when we were younger. We get to heal ourselves, and I think there's such a a huge um, perception that it's not possible and that it's too much. And I think that's also perpetuated respectfully by some people over the years that are um, supposed to help. And all they do is keep you unhealthy and, and make you afraid because we don't, I had no evidence that talk therapy was helpful because I went to um, psychs and counsellors and group coaching and was on and off drugs for 30 years to deal with chronic uh, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, the whole palaver. So I had 30 years of zero evidence that any of it worked. But when you start to get little bits of evidence that it does work, that gets exciting and that's where there's a huge responsibility from the person that you choose. And I think that's really key, really yeah. key, is that, you know, and, and like you, I've had many clients come my way wanting to do the transformational coaching work, either individually or in a group mm. with me. And, you know, only last week I 
you know, there was a, a person in the group coaching that just wasn't ready. And, you know, it was the unfairness and the persecution pattern that was sitting there. And I went, mm, if we keep moving forward here, this is not going to be healthy for them or for me or for, as yeah. the person that's holding that space for them. And yet, uh, you know, I'm thinking of another client that I've worked with for quite some time who, you know, a survivor of childhood sexual abuse mm. who had all these little patterns like you're talking about that come off that around feeling seen and heard and supported and loved and, and all of those things that come yeah. with it and vulnerability, woof. And the invitation in coaching was vulnerability. And so, you know, there, there's some tense moments in amongst that to go, actually, I'm not going to play this pattern out with you. And, and to be firm enough as the person holding that space to recognise it, to acknowledge it, to voice it, and to let them know that there's an unhealthy pattern playing out. You know, it takes a lot of courage. I've, I've a couple of times had to say to clients, you know what, you're not paying me to enable you. Um, I've also, uh, when you do your initial call, I don't know what, what you call it, but I've, uh, if I feel like somebody will be better served by a colleague of mine, and I have probably four colleagues that I trust implicitly, and if I feel the client will be better served by them, I pass them on. Because to get to the stage where you're ready to do the work, you need the right person. And so when you get the right person, and if it's you or me, you and I both, we're like, I ain't going to enable you. And a good coach, and this is interesting. I've had people with severe trauma say to me, oh, God, nobody's had the balls to ask me that before. And it's because, and here's why the people around you that love you are not equipped to help you heal because they love you so much. They don't want to hurt you. And or they don't want you to get mad at them. So mm -hmm. they're never going to ask you the right questions. And that is huge because a lot of people say, I want to work with someone I trust or someone that I know. They can't help you. I won't coach friends. It's so important what you've just said is that safety yeah. and that feeling safe in, in whatever relationship and connection you're in if you've experienced trauma. Mm. And that, that feeling of safety does when you are at the other side you do know that that sense of safety comes from within you. And have you found that some clients will sabotage themselves with you because they realise that they're safe? It's like a normal relationship. So they're not used to feeling safe and they've probably been too trusting. So they've allowed themselves to get hurt over and over. I'm talking about myself. And so when you find somebody that is the right person for you, it often feels wrong and you can get angry at them and angry at the situation and become resistant and almost blow the relationship, even if you've got a brilliant coach, because you're like, you. and I've had clients, like when I speak to them after the fact, after we finished, they're like, I realized you were the one that was going to get me across the line. And that in itself scared the shit out of me. And, and so I think that's really powerful what you mm. just said. And, you know, the same client I was talking about that, you know, there's been, that conversation a number of times I'm not playing the pattern out with you there's a pattern here mm. um it's unhealthy if you want to keep playing it 
I'm not the coach for you. Yeah, I have yeah. that. I actually, it's, and you, and it takes so much courage, Leanne. I've actually, um, it's happened to me so many times I've incorporate, incorporated it into my contract. One of the clauses says, you know, um, I'm, by signing this, you're granting me permission to hold you to account, to ask you questions that are going to make you feel uncomfortable. But just know that the intent is to get to where we need to get so that you can, you know. And, and so it's funny because what that moment does when we do that is it invites the other person. It's an invitation mm. to either keep doing what you're doing mm. or to try something different. Mm. and to step in to a new way of being. And the, the same client I'm talking about has, you know, literally this week, um, you know, some big, huge wins of breaking patterns. Mm. And so those invitations a couple of times when it played out made her sit back and go, oh, oh, okay. And like you said, you're the common denominator in whatever's going on around you, right? You are the problem and you are the solution. A hundred percent. All in the one space. A hundred percent. And so that in itself is like, oh, hang on, but no, I can't be the problem because then that means I'm responsible for everything that's going on in my world. Yep. And and you try and tell someone who, so I, I, uh, sexual abuse as a child, rape, molestation, all sorts of horrible stuff. And when I was told that I was the problem, because you tell someone that's experienced trauma of any degree, you're the problem, they get extremely stroppy and offended. However, it's not your fault that the thing happened, the original thing, it's what you chose to become and what you chose to do thereafter that was natural. So coping mechanisms are natural. Your choices are natural, and a bit, but but you're responsible for that. And like, it, and it took me a while to get my head around. You know, you're not responsible for what happened to you, but you are responsible for your own healing. And that's why I talk about reparenting. We get to have a look at that and go, well, how would I, how would I have counselled her at that time? And what I would she? That's really powerful work. Mm, mm, I love doing that stuff because people just it blows their mind that they get to change it, but we're not taught that that's possible in mainstream and I love you know, I love kind of that little detour we've made in amongst it right because you know I, and I trust that whatever we share is meant to be shared for for those who are listening and watching mm. so you know let's kind of go with well you know yes we've experienced some trauma yes we've got some patterns that may be playing out as a result what's how you know what's some really simple easy things that we can start doing that allows us to step out of and maybe start exploring a different way and pay attention pay attention to how you feel if you're uh, driving down the street in a conversation if you're what at a barbecue and you smell something and and you notice a response or you hear a jackhammer and you freak out because you may have been in an armed robbery or something like that pay attention to how you feel anytime you feel contraction just go and write it down what it was and exactly specifically what you felt in your body and what you thought uh and notice 
because that will, if you write them down often enough over a three month period, you'll notice what your triggers are. And remember I said, your triggers have something to teach you. And also ask yourself, okay, when that person said that phrase to me, they weren't, were they really saying it with the same intent that my abuser was? You know, you've got to reframe the tr what's the truth because let's pretend I'm drawing a circle over here. That's what happened. This is what we made it mean and the truth's up there. So what happened was um, I was sexually abused by my grandfather. I made it mean that I was a bad person. I'm not safe. All men do that, blah, blah, blah. Attached to that was a smell memory of his cigarette, uh, tobacco he used to smoke. So, so I was in an elevator at Indrapilly. A guy was coming down. I was going up. And I'm going back about 25, 30 years ago. And he had just smoked. And I just got a whiff of it. I was fine. And then bang, panic attack, boom, boom. So what I go straight to is all of those meanings. So what happened? I passed someone who smoked the same smoke. Am I safe? Yes. Nothing's happened to me. I just had a thought. It triggered a memory. Um, so it's really important to acknowledge what the truth is. I'm safe now. I'm okay. Um, so writing down what your triggers are and noticing what you believe about yourself. Um, and I think that's really powerful because it's, you know, when we become present and conscious of our patterns or our mm. triggers or, or, or what emotions are coming up for us and, and how our body is contracting or, or what it's doing, then, you know, that's the moment we get to witness it, acknowledge it, mm -hmm. and, you know, give it some love and go, yeah. oh, wow. And, know, and that's and when a, you yeah. let that that truth come on in it it's almost like the that building blocks kind of go or, or the you know the domino effect of oh well let's just pull that little bit of truth yep. out and then all of it suddenly just opens and you let it all go yeah that's perfect that's a perfect analogy it's your fork in the road so you can either choose to be conscious notice how you're feeling write it down none of this is going to come is going to feel normal. It's going to feel like, like, oh, God, do I have to get my diary out again? Write that down. You know, I heard a jackhammer, freaked out, cried, and, and then finding out the truth. But what do we normally do? We don't want to feel it or we feel it and we crap ourselves. So we go to the nearest TAB and start gambling or we slap the pokies or we go and have a drink that night. You know, we come home, oh, my God, I need a drink. I need a drink to calm down. So constantly instructing your subconscious mind that you cannot cope, that it's too much. And so that's your fork in the road. You either become conscious or you stay numb. Like we don't numb out. Uh, and, and the thing is until you stop and you might eat, you might go straight to Gloria Jeans and order a triple macchiato thing with lots of cream. While we're numbing out, we can't feel what it is we need to feel that's going to heal. Like, so you have to stop. Also, you have to also acknowledge what am I doing to avoid feeling? the emotions around the thing and and what it what a powerful question you know and questions are really another strategy really mm. aren't they ask yourself questions yeah how am I feeling today you know I wonder why I'm being triggered here 
I mm. wonder what it is for me to understand about this. What do I need to understand about what's playing mm. out right now? Because the re- the truth is when that that emotion, that trigger, that response comes up, that's your unconscious spirit, Same. universe, guides, whoever you Give want to say. some help, yeah, yeah. Saying to you, look at me, mm. witness me, acknowledge me. That's the little part of you, the younger you saying, I need to be seen. That's really powerful. Those of you who have a belief around not being seen and heard and loved, go back and look at trauma Mm. and feel it and look at it and hear it and love it. Because it's trying to tell you something. I think if 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 you acknowledge, like, the triggers and whatnot but ask yourself what am I feeling so if you're not feeling safe ask yourself what would need to be present right now for me to feel safe if I'm not feeling supported comes up okay so what specifically right now would make me feel supported and sometimes we don't know what that that need is because if you've never and I'm thinking of a few clients I've worked with if you've never experienced feeling safe, if you don't know consciously mm. what safe, supported, loved in a healthy way mm. is, what it looks like, sounds like, or feels like, one of the most powerful things that you can do is study it. Yeah. Learn about it. Use your your everyday environment and observe people in your world and how they're connecting with each other, how they're relating, and whether it brings up that that feeling of safety and support and love. Ah, oh, that's what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. Mm. That's what it feels like in my own body. Yeah, yeah. And start I think- bringing that in. Yeah. I agree. I think um, reading books is really good as well. Good books, like books that are that going to speak specifically to you. You know, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks is is a brilliant starter, um, and there's a bazillion others. Um, yeah, I think because it gives you a perception, and and it's it's an impartial third person that's putting views and telling stories and prompting you. Um, and then you can have discussions with other people, you know, if they've read the book as well. So your biggest tip or your biggest thing that you want people to know about releasing trauma from the past, what would that be? It's not as scary as you believe that it is. And it feels wonderful. It just feels wonderful. You will be so proud of yourself and you will feel lighter and you'll see yourself in the world in a completely different way. It's so freeing. And I think that's, you know, what anyone who's experienced trauma and is going around those patterns and playing them out, we we often get to a point where we go, that's it, I've had it. If you're at that point and you're watching or listening to this, we, we both hear you, we both see you and we both feel you. And if you're you're ready to do that, then that's your trauma inviting you to let go. Yeah, and to 100%. have some courage, and and it does take an enormous amount of courage 
and strength to allow yourself to be vulnerable and say, I need help. Yeah. And I think um, I know that people are a lot stronger than they believe they are. And one other really important thing is that, you know, how we're talking about the perception of whether trauma is big or not. There's also a perception of, um, uh, what do you call it? The demographics of trauma. I've coached people in really high places who have refused to deal with it for a very long time because they're high achievers. And so they, there's a lot of shame around their trauma as well. And there's shame around not dealing with it. It is fascinating. Um, so whoever you are, I would encourage you, if you believe that you're ready, speak to a couple of different coaches. Find one that makes you feel a little bit scared because you're like, oh, this might be the one that's going to make it happen. And if it's not a hell yes, you might not be ready. But ask yourself. And the thing is, it's got to be a hell yes. And if it's hesitation, just say, look, is it me resisting healing? Or is this person not right for me or am I not ready? Because if you're not ready, you're wasting your time and your money and you could do more damage than good. But if you're ready and you find the right person, unbelievable. Thank you so much. You know, you and I could keep talking all day. I all love this. Topics, and we will do some more episodes and we've already yes. spoken about that. So yeah. thank you for sharing. Thank you for taking on us on that little journey around trauma. <laughs> Um, and yeah, um, I trust that that's supported some of you that are listening and watching and helped mm. you to just see it in a different way, take another step. Yeah, absolutely. Can you share with people where they can connect with you? I am on at Justine Dean Official on every platform. I, if you're interested in learning more about this, I have a private Facebook group called the Expansion Collective. But the Expansion Collective, if you find that, you're, you're warmly invited to participate. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Thank for you. those of you who want to connect with me further, jump on the website, thebarefootmedium.com.au and all the social media platforms, Leanne the Barefoot Medium or the Barefoot Medium. And I hope you have gained some really useful insights to support you wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever experiences you're having in your life, um, and that you, as I said, have the courage and strength to take a step in whatever direction you choose as right for you. Thank you so much, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of Barefoot with Spirit. Bye, guys. Thank you.